Welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey. Today on the show, we've got experimental pop artist. He works with uh, uh, loops and synths and that kind of stuff. Uh, he goes by the name Bum Alum. And uh, we're here to drink some Admiral Nelson and eat some uh, homemade almond bread. So, green for you. John, thank you for being on the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Ben. Dude, this is course. really cool. I like your cups. Oh yeah, the they're styro. experimental cups. Yeah, right, right. It's right. the whole vibe. The bent, uh, the bent styrofoam aesthetic. Yes, that's what we were going for. How was your day today? It was good. Um, I have a day job that I was at, and I put in a lot of numbers and sure. just to a system and uh, issue things and credits. It's very boring, actually. Yeah. So it's very nice to be done with that. I'm yeah. very happy. Nice. What is it for? Uh, I work with this company called Nordco and they supply like rail parts to different railways throughout the country and internationally. And I see. Yeah. Well, cool. Uh, so tell me about this bread that uh, you, you uh, bestowed upon me here. It okay. It's really good. Yeah, man. So I have a intolerance to grains for the most part, uh, with the exception of like sourdough bread because it's fermented. but. I make my own bread as a way to still get to eat some delicious bread. And it's a little bit sweeter because I add the raisins and I use honey to sweeten it within the batter. And first bite, what's your impression? Just first bite, we gotta get, it's gotta be quick, right? Cause it's like, you can't think about I it. I really like the texture. The okay. texture is great. Um, you get some of the, as you chew on it, like you get some of the sweeter notes, like the raisins really come out. Like I can definitely, because you mentioned honey, it's like, oh, yeah, that kind of like, kind of describes what I'm sensing here. Yeah. Um, no, I, I like it a lot. It's, um, it's, it's like, it's definitely different than like conventional bread that I'm used to, but. I, but if I didn't tell you there was no grains in this and just gave it to you, would you like question it? Would you think like, oh, this is. I think it's unique. Yeah. yeah, but you'd probably be like, this is still good, and you'd, you'd oh, yeah. right. I'd still eat it. Yeah, this is like a good, um, this would be really good with like, um, you know, like, scraps. I would drink this with, or excuse me, I would eat this with, um, you know, it's like a cup of coffee. Oh. I would start on a day with this. Dude, yes. Oh. And you know what? You'd be starting your day with something easy for your body to digest. Mm -hmm. Not very complicated. Your body would be like, hey, thanks, Ben. No. Thanks for making my, my job a little easier today. Right. Um, well, thank you, John, for making this bread. Hey. This is like, uh, it's also like this bread is like, it's almost like you if you were a, a bread because, you know, it's a it's a slightly little um, experimental, little um, alternative take on bread. Yeah. And you're an alternative uh, experimental take on music, so. Hey, thank you. <laughs> hey, you're awful. See, so, it's symbolic, it's good. So I want to plug real quick his single, All Things Said, the streaming everywhere. Um, very good song. Um, so tell me a little bit, John, about, you know, what, what, like, let's go back a little bit. So how, where did you start, like, um, your, where did your um, music career really first start, yeah. um, you know, uh, start out, and, like, how has it led you to where you are now? 
Okay, yeah, that's a great question. So I was a kid in band playing the trombone. My dad said that, hey, that's too loud. And I was like, ah. Oh. And then I kind of didn't play anything for a while. I wasn't really being creative with that anyway. I was kind of just like learning how to play like, you know, basic, basic songs, right? So then um, my buddy was getting a guitar. He said, hey, you should get a drum set. And I was a little apprehensive, again, trombone situation. But I finally just did it. I told my folks I was gonna do it. We started practicing in my garage. And I started like getting a little bit better at it, teaching myself, and I got mm -hmm. some separation between my left and my right, and I started sure. feeling a little bit more confident. We started a little band, that was my first band. We played Battle of the Bands at my high school, oh, and I was the drummer, so that was my first show as a drummer. What and, was the band called? Oh gosh, uh, I think we were called the, I don't even think we had a name yet. That's how oh, like, wow. it wasn't even like a band. Yeah, it was yeah. like, we had a name, but I don't even know what it's called, right. so that's, I don't know. It was, it was, a, it was a strictly functional band. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like we sure. played that show yeah. and then that was about the extent of it, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So then I went on like, okay, I can kind of play the, the drums. Now I'm gonna start playing the piano or start playing the keyboard, whatever, and just try to start seeing where that could take me. And then uh, because I had separation between my left and my right, I kind of was able to start teaching myself how to play piano. I got a couple lessons and then, I don't know, I just kind of went from there and tried to start doing some recording when I was in high school. Like, I think I was, I didn't really start playing music until I was like a junior in high school. So mm -hmm. that was kind of like when it really started for me. And then um, I started writing songs mostly. I never sang, I just wrote songs and recorded them. And I just started recording material, releasing it under this name called Antisocial Antics, which was really, I don't know. It was my way of being like, yeah. I'm going away for a while because I need to do myself yeah. right now, you sure, know? Yeah. Uh, I kept playing though for a really long time and I started getting to this point where I was like, oh wow, I like these songs. I think I'm starting, I'm getting on to something and I never sang and I started singing in the car a lot more. I would pick female artists predominantly actually to sing because I don't know if it was instinctual, but I eventually realized that my voice kind of lends itself to being more of a tenor and I wanted to work on that and I started developing a falsetto and I was like, oh wow, like, okay, I can kind of sing a little bit more now and then yeah. I started throwing vocals onto the thing and that was about the time I was moving to college in Madison and then I kept writing when I was in college. I went to school for recording stuff and then joined a band and we, I ended up coming to Milwaukee because I was the keyboard player in that band and that was Miles Coyne and the Rusty Nickel band actually and that's kind of how I came oh, yeah. to be in Milwaukee. Shout out Miles Coyne. Yeah. Of Yum Yum Cult now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and still probably like five bands. I don't, I can't keep up with Miles all the time with his music. Uh, it's, it's great though. I love how much he put, puts himself out there. It's really cool. Uh, but yeah, I played in that band for a while and then I eventually started my own band which was very similar to this name, it was Bum Ilium, oh, which yeah. is a reference to digestion, but it was really hard to explain that and my flyers never were spelled right. I still write songs about that though, and I still think that that's a big part of the message. I'm trying to bring awareness to people who have immune disorders, who have problems that they can't control, mm -hmm. and that's what I'm trying to relate it back to. Yeah. Uh, but that name changed to Bum Alum, which is more referential to school and feeling like you kind of wasted your time going to school, paying all this money when, you know, 30 years ago, it was $200 a semester to go to college. Yeah. And so it's like, that's kind of where that led. But at that time, 
I was playing with a five piece that I like got together uh, with a bunch of different folks. Uh, Jake Marine uh, played in that one. Um, Michelle Panola, mm -hmm. my friend uh, Noel Perry, uh, Tyler Hahn. Um, uh, I think that was everyone. I hope so. God, <laughs> yeah. I really hope so. I think that was everyone now. Oh yeah, Amanda Jo Langley. Very good save. <laughs> good save. We had a rotate like we had a couple different violin players, and uh, she lives in the Pacific Northwest now. Oh, so sure. I see her sometimes, but yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, then I decided. Well, that band ended because the drummer quit. Jake quit, and I was like, well. I need to figure out how to do this a different way now. Mm -hmm. So I started getting the loop pedals and I got inspired by Andrew Bird, who okay. I, I love. Yeah. And I noticed he was using the DL4s. So, uh, and also my friend Tyler helped me with that because uh, he had one as well. So then I started practicing with them. I started syncing them together and then I went to another loop station and then I started adding other players again. and. It, it eventually became a response to me being like, oh, I don't want to have to have other people in case they quit. I still want to be able to play these songs by myself and mm -hmm. control the whole process. Like, I love collaborating, but at the same time, it's nice to control the process because if someone asks you to play a show, you can just say yes and yeah. you don't have to like ask five people. Right, yeah. And if you can sound like five people, then, then that's great. Or, you know, three and a half people or yeah. whatever. Right. <laughs> so that was yeah. kind of a long-winded thing of my musical history or whatever. And I was in this band called Tape Benders at some point as well, uh -huh. which is where yeah. I met the bass player I play with now named Jeff Cross, who's really great. And yeah. Awesome, man. Here we are. Super, super, uh, I don't know, he's a really good player. He's good at just kind of figuring out what to do. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, and you're also like um, you play a lot of shows. Um, you, you've been playing pretty frequently uh, around the town. I've been. Uh, I saw you play at the Cream Vellum EP release. Shout yeah. out Cream Vellum. Cream Vellum. That was a. And then um, I had the opportunity to interview interview you after the show, and um, you know I instantly felt like you know you were just uh, there was something just very striking about you and the way you perceive music. Because I remember you said that. Um, yeah, uh, kind of when I was um, uh, inquiring about your influential process and just sort of like where you sort of find it, sort of where you just found your sound in relation to like what, um, to, you know, the way like other artists have done it as well. And you said something really unique, and that was that you don't really like to take influence from other artists. You don't like Not to... Not on purpose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you don't like to have the... It, it, it's not intentional. Yeah. It's, it's merely passive for you. Very passive, yeah. And I practice that just like I practice my music. And the way that I consume music is generally very passive. And that allows me to kind of have this more responsive attitude toward it. Because if I'm actively pursuing music all the time, you know, that's great. If, that's, if you're not writing. But then when you're writing something, you can accidentally kind of take those ideas that you really like this other person's doing and then that kind of spills over into your work maybe too literally and yeah. then you find yourself oh like i accidentally stole this guitar part from this thing and i don't know i think it just kind of creates this whole other uh avenue for creating and it i love improvising so i love getting out of my head entirely and feeling like i'm watching myself do something almost because i'm not really there almost but yeah. i am 
and then you know you improvise and you come mm -hmm. up with words on the spot and then you start to figure out what you're talking about you know for yeah. me it's like therapy it's like I don't even know what the song's about I'll perform songs I don't even know what they're about yet and I'll be playing it live and be like I think this song's about how like my grandfather made me feel mm -hmm. in this moment in my life or whatever whatever the thing is yeah of course so where did you start really like listening to music like um, where did you start finding yourself listening to music more technically and less leisurely? Uh, I think it was probably like six years ago. I was watching a interview with Leslie Feist and she was talking about how she uses that as a technique to help her not write something that she doesn't want to be writing and allow the song to kind of just happen out of uh, this more organic process of just, you know, taking it in and then not trying to find music all the time. She never would put on something on her own. It was mm -hmm. always like her friends or whatever, here's a song. Sure. And it's just the psychology behind that is fast yeah. was really fascinating to me so it inspired me to do the same thing totally i feel like i consume journalism in the same way because like you know i went to school for journalism and you learn to sort of find um you know you you, you kind of definitely analyze it a lot more like uh technically and less sort of at face value so like when i would read like news articles i would pay find myself paying more attention to like the AP style of the article, or would, oh, sure. the, the inverted pyramid, or just how the story is structured, right. you know, the quotations and yeah, things like yeah. that. And Not really taking in the substance, but more how they put it together. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I'm a very process-oriented person, exactly. so I totally feel you on that, yeah. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, wow, this is, this is, it's definitely marking the difference in, in, um, how, I'm perceiving my own craft, you know, it's like I want it to be different. I want it to be something that isn't replicating a, a different, you know, another journalist yeah, you want or it to be as blog. honest as possible, yeah. right? right. The, when it comes down to any art form, I think the big thing is you're trying to communicate something in the most you way that you can. And if you're trying to be something that you're not, everyone can tell oh of course yeah and that's it right, yeah. that's the thing and that's what i think i don't know it's just oh totally it's, just be yourself yeah. let it happen and don't like you know i don't know that i think that just works i feel like the more authentic you are the better you can pick up on right. super superficialness right. and you can't try to be authentic that's yeah. it's like an oxymoron right yeah right, so right it's yeah. Like, <laughs> that's so true <laughs> you cannot try to be authentic you just are mm -hmm. um and yeah. I don't know, sometimes that can be a problem for some people because they want to be themselves and if they see you being so much you, then, you know what I mean? There can be this weird, like, oh, why can't I be myself? Like tension, sort of, yeah. I don't know, and I, sometimes I feel that. Sometimes, I, I don't know, because I've really, I've had a terrible, like, life in some ways, just like a lot of people, and at some point, I, like, I've almost died and it put things in perspective for me and made me feel, like, I need to just not really care. I can't, mm -hmm. like, if I give a shit too much, then at some point I'm, I, like, lose, like, like, what's the point then? Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, for sure. So, if you don't mind me asking, if you want to elaborate on that, when you right. almost died? Well, it's been a couple times. One time was a snorkel accident that oh, just wow. went awry, and yeah. I was being sucked out to sea. Yikes. I pretended to be a dolphin, and then everything was okay. I was oh just like, God. I'm going to swim with my full body right now. You know, like, oh, yeah. that was one of the times. Where was it? Uh, that was when I was in Puerto Rico with my sister and my dad. Okay. And, uh, horrifying experience. Uh, that was one of the times I... The reason this bread is here is because I can't eat grains, which is stems from the fact that I have Crohn's disease. So I almost died because of some complications I had with that illness when I was very young, like sure. 13 years old and in the hospital for like three months and had to get part of my intestines removed and everything. And that, oh, wow. for me, like that's kind of what stemmed this creativity because I wasn't a creative person before that. I was kind of afterward, I got into art and decided when I was a senior in high school that I was already acing school. I was doing really well. I'm like, this is gonna be my year. I just take all art classes yeah. my senior year, and I'm gonna stroll in the uh, school late and kind of do whatever I want. And but that didn't work out, and then I found music. But you know, it's just like it was interesting that that was kind of how it happened for me. But it put a lot of things into perspective yeah. for me. And then the more I played and the more experiences I had, I just kind of realized like you know you just gotta that's what you gotta do. You yeah, just gotta absolutely. be yourself. Totally. Try so, to be yourself as much as you can. Yeah. So. So diving a little bit of your music, so um, you've got, um, you know, I, I, I vividly remember just how unique it was watching you on the mic, you know, with your uh, with your keyboards and just sort of how you, you know, you, you, your voice is very unique and um, you also set it up really differently than a lot of other artists, um, which I think is really cool. So tell me a little bit about, um, I guess, uh, like... Like, what makes Bum Alum different than your previous projects, specifically in, like, the material? And um, mm -hmm. tell me a little bit about uh, what you got planned for the project. Sure. Uh, before, we were more of an art rock kind of thing, and it was more orchestral-based, or now it's kind of more dance and kind of synth-based, but the sounds aren't as good, so that's kind of what, what my problem is. I'm, I want to kind of get back to that orchestral kind of way of, of, of writing a song, but in a more linear format, because when I played with the original project, it wasn't a linear format. It was like a song. There was parts, and it sure. wasn't like a Beach House song where, oh, we have a hook, but the chords are the same. The song is literally the same the whole time. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what I do. I try to figure out how to create songs that are more in a linear format, so the looping thing makes it so you kind of have to do that. So there's a little bit of wiggle room uh, with the loop pedal and writing more traditional songs because you can uh, put it into the specific mode that allows you to have parts sectioned off. Like I can have section A, B, and C be lined up and, and then write the song where it goes between them. And then it can kind of feel more like a, a song, but it's a lot harder to sync that without other people. So. For my purposes right now, yeah, I just try to figure out how to write in a linear format. And when I stopped playing with Bum Ilium, it was a challenge for me because I had to figure out how to do that and how to think about a song. And M. Ward was actually someone that mm -hmm. really inspired me because he's really good at writing hooks. And and it made me realize, you know, that the hook is the most important part of the song. And you can have a very simple thing that everything else is interacting with. 
But then when you, when you put the hook into the song, you change the drums, you change the bass, everything changes around the chord progression. Yeah. That's how you make a song feel like a chorus without having to write another chord progression. Sure. And still use the same chord progression. Totally. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, cool. So um, in terms of like um, your plans of the project moving forward, so um, you know, where do you want it to take you? Where do you hope to play? Like, yeah, what are your for sure. goals with that? Well, I was just in New York and uh, I met this guy who's starting this uh, label called uh, Billionaires in Progress. And we had a nice wow. meeting over the phone and he's got funding to start this label. So he said he'd be hitting me up pretty soon. So I'm actually going to get back at him about it. But I mean, if that isn't a thing, it's whatever. But I was out there for a while and it felt really positive because I ran an ad out there and I had a lot of people that wanted to play with me out there just in the few weeks that I was there. So that was really sweet. I didn't get a play with any of them. I met with one of the guys, but I was testing those waters and I liked that. And I would I would think about maybe doing that, but I also really like want to stay in Milwaukee. It's just, it seems like it's, I've been here for a while and I haven't like got to that level of exposure that I've wanted. And yeah. I was closer with the first iteration of the band. It felt like it was moving in that direction more. But mm -hmm. right now, I don't know. It's I, I have a fan base. I have people that come out, and surprisingly, people I don't even know sometimes show up to my shows. And it's definitely like it's ha it's like a thing that's happening. But I don't know. I'm getting older now, and I'm like, ah, oh, like I want this to happen. And I'm also I run really cold, and I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I should go some more warmer. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> but see, my sister is a flight attendant, so I can kind of fly around for really cheap. So part of me wants to just cut my like spend some of my time in Milwaukee, and that's kind of what I've been trying to do too. I'm kind of just trying to like live my life like a nomad almost. Uh, Brett Newski actually. Brett Newski. Oh yeah. Uh, he did that for a while and it worked really well for him and he's yeah. he's kind of an inspiration in that regard So I've been kind of just making my life work without necessarily having a home base yeah. right now Sure, and that's been a really fascinating thing. Hey, I might sleep on your couch tomorrow. There you go just saying. But it, It's good because at some point, you know uh, You need to just own the whole thing and just try to make it work and I'm trying to save some money I'm got an album. I'm trying to make I'm trying to start start a bread business over here uh, oh, wow. and then I do art and stuff as well so I don't know I'm trying to do a bunch of different things and trying to make it all work and where the music's gonna take me I'm not sure but for me I just make it because it makes me feel good and you know I don't know I, I guess that's it because yeah. you know at some point I wouldn't want someone to own my music for and sure. not recognize it for what it is and try to change it because That'd be like trying to change me. Yeah. You know, it's very personal to me. Of course. You know what I mean? Right. 100%. So, uh, where do you, um, how, how do you uh, like to market yourself? I mostly use Instagram uh, to market myself and I kind of keep up with my Facebook page. Uh, I use like a couple different apps to like keep track of my analytics and stuff, but for the most part, uh, word of mouth, these kinds of things mm -hmm. we're doing right now, which I think this is like my second interview maybe, so it's like, I, I like it, it's great. Yeah. And then the higher profile gigs when they come along can kind of help market it. Like I actually have a show coming up at Chill on the Hill on June 4th, which is uh, June 4th, Chill on the Hill. a week uh, from Tuesday. So that'll be my bigger show, uh, especially if it doesn't rain. I love then, Chill on the Hill. It's so fun. It's so, it's, it's, I like it more than jazz in the park. Yes. It's 
everyone is really just way more chill. It's yeah. just like literally in the name. I it's know. Like, yeah, exactly. And it's a lot less. Yeah, it's a lot less cluttered. Mm -hmm. um, it's a lot. It's in Bayview, so it's more spread out. There's not too many vendors, and they're far enough away where you can't hear the traffic from the people. Yeah. It's great. Right, hundred percent. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I like. Uh, I think that um, kind of a cool thing. Uh, a couple podcasts ago, I remember we were talking about this. Like, it's kind of cool how you can earn a lot of new fans based on the fans that come for different artists. Like, the, yes. like they hear of a, of a different. They they already are familiar with someone who's performing, and they come out to the show that you're also performing at, and then yeah, they're here and they see you and they're like, wow, yeah. like holy shit, like. This dude's on the map. This dude is right, like right. doing something of his own, and right. I feel like that's that's definitely a great way to. Um, it's been happening a little yeah. bit like that for me. I've been going up to people that I see or at the show for me, and I ask them how they've heard about me, and then they tell me, you know, they went to a show at, you know, Hot Dive or wherever it was, and they saw me play, but they were intending on seeing someone else. But now they're going to my show, so yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's really great. It's great when that happens. You know, there's that crossover. Uh, definitely word of mouth. I'm trying to get into this boat now of like passing out flyers and trying to actually make a real effort, like figuring out shows that are happening in the city that are similar to what I'm doing and going to them and flyering them. Like I work at the theater, the Paps Theater, because I used to work for them. So yeah. I'm like. All right, I need to start doing this for myself. Yeah. Uh, I've been asking my friends, my little co-workers I used to work with there, hey, where should I flyer for this show? Like, mm -hmm. this is the music. I used to walk up and down Brady, and I would just, because like, I used to live with some buddies that were in a recording studio, and I used to just like um, walk up and down Brady, and I would just put a flyer on like every single telephone pole. There's also a lot of like different, like sort of billboards over there. Oh yeah. Oh totally. Yeah. No, it's that's a really good spot. Uh, it was funny though. I was talking with my friend and I was trying to get advice because he's he knows what's up and yeah. he said because uh, the show is for uh, June second. I'm playing at the uh, Paps Brewery Tap Room. And it's a little bit out, out of the way, right? So it's downtown, a little bit yeah, out of the way. it's a more obscure part of the And town. he's like, all right, you need to try to go at those 20-something-year-olds that have cars. And then there's the Frulong Festival. I think that's how you say it, Frulong oh, yeah, yeah, Festival yeah, tomorrow. Yeah. And he told me this artist that's playing, and he's like, oh, I think that you would have good crossover with that because the band that I'm playing with is called Sniffle Party. They're from Eau Claire. And he's like, oh, I think there'd be a good crossover between fans that like that and that might know who Sniffle Party is because Sniffle Party has actually got some play in Milwaukee mm -hmm. on their Spotify. Like, they're doing okay. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, so I can maybe find their fans there. That's interesting. Yeah. Like, Thanks, Cal Taubner. No. <laughs> you know? Oh, shout out Cal Taubner. Holy yeah. shit. That's my Cal. guy, dude. You know Cal, too? I do know okay. Cal. Okay, I love Cal. Cal gave me that tip. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I actually it's just, so amazing. I, so I originally met Cal because me and him are both part of a um, of an animal collective fan page, mm -hmm. um, and we first connected in there because I saw like this guy's in Milwaukee. He likes obviously he likes the same band as me, so we started talking through that, and then um, yeah, I saw him last weekend actually at Cactus Club for uh, 
Dog's in ecstasy. Oh, nice. Yeah, but great guy. Oh, really, really sweet guy. So nice. Yeah. Uh, I love Cal. Yeah, dude. That's so fun. It's, man. I, I've known him for a while. I really like him. You start seeing a lot of the same faces and same music aficionados in this, just on the scene in Milwaukee. And that's yeah. just a really beautiful thing is people are really devoted to yeah, music and, here. Yeah, and you know, you can find people that can help you and you can reach out and try to figure it out. I feel like right now I run into this problem of just you know, not having that resource readily available all the time and then I'm trying to balance too many things because I'm trying to do too many things and wear too many hats yeah. and then it, it's hard because, you know, you're trying to have friendships, you're trying to network, you're trying to release an album, you're trying to make t-shirts, yeah. you're trying to do all these different things. And the then, marketing and the spending yeah, money. And the, yeah, yeah, like you gotta go print these things off. and You're essentially a bona fide self-operating business yeah, you I am a business it, it, it's yeah. true like and I make money from doing the things I do uh, whether it's enough for me to pay taxes on it I'll never know because I don't keep track of it yeah and that's my way of uh, whatever it's just it's but it is it's totally business you know and it, it's it's great but at the same time yeah you're trying to run your life for me, I'm trying to figure out the food that I can eat all yeah, the time, yeah, and social situations where uh, like people give me free food, and I have to be like, oh, like, can, can you this? take off half of that, and then, and then I can eat it. Yeah. Can you scrape the cheese off of yeah. it first? Like, and you know, sometimes you don't want to say no, and it's weird because then you find yourself having to explain yourself all the time, and it's like, yeah. well, I don't want to do that either. They used to be. It's me. a very confusing yeah. thing sometimes right. with life. They used to be me with uh, smoking weed. I used to constantly have to explain myself that I don't smoke weed. It gives me really, really bad anxiety, paranoia. Right. Right. And I like, like I used to have people that would question it and be like, "Why don't you? Why don't you do this? Like, right. maybe you just didn't smoke the right strain or something." Oh yeah, like, like people trying to like peer pressure you back into it. I mean. There is an element of smoking weed where it takes practice, but at the same time, some people yeah. just get paranoid. Yeah, and of course. That. Right, but and I, I got you on the explaining yourself, and it, it kind of makes you have that that um, you you kind of do worry about that uh, that sort of impression building, where right. you you don't want to appear as this, you know, super like uh, spazzy, like neurotic, or like just yeah. otherwise like over over worried person right it's just, you know everyone, it's just your everyday life is yeah. to be kind of like that sometimes for some people and that's just the thing you know um i wish i didn't have to do that obviously i wish i could just treat my body like it's an amusement ride or something you know like yeah. but you can't always do that yeah dude, totally so it's, and it's rough i'm actually trying to start an app i don't even want to talk about it because i think it's such a good idea that like you don't want to give anything away i don't even want to like because someone might do it but it's basically like an app that would allow you to know where quality food is and know that it's available before you get there mm, sure. through a user generated forum that would be an advocacy based app too and because i've been trying to be an advocate because i can't eat food so that's something that's very important to me is i i challenge people uh who don't know what they're talking about when i go to a grocery store i go to the meat department mm -hmm. i look at their meat and i can tell it's just complete crap right i just right. look at it and i just know that it's garbage meat so i go up to whoever's in the meat department and i ask them excuse me i was thinking of getting some of this uh chicken over here do you know where it comes from 
And every single time I ask someone in a meat department that seems a little shady, they just say, oh, the United States. And then I say, okay, well, that's a pretty big place that yeah. we're in. Can you tell me where in the United States? And then they don't know. Yeah. Interesting. That's horrifying, right? Yeah. Isn't that a horrifying feeling to like, have no the knowledge. person that's yeah. putting the stuff out there and on the label doesn't even say where it's from. They don't know where it's from. It doesn't say anything about how it was prepared. Mm -hmm. Why would I buy that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. And then I tell them that. I, I say, well, you know, I would love to buy food from you, but if I, you don't know where it came from, why would I want it? Yeah. yeah. So it kind of reminds me of the, have, do you watch Portlandia at all? I do. It's, I do. It reminds me of the pilot episode when they go, when like they're asking the waitress like of, about like where their chicken comes from and oh, they yeah, go to the yeah, farm yeah. to make sure right. it's ethically grown. It's right. so funny. It's hilarious, but that's what we need to be doing. And that's why that, that's funny because it's like commenting on a real thing. And yeah. It's messed up because if you don't know where your food comes from, you can be poisoning yourself. Oh, yeah. And it's a, it's a real thing. Like that's how breast cancer is a thing. Yeah. Men that develop man boobs, they get those man boobs from eating too much estrogen. And if your meat is full of all these uh, hormones coming from an unnatural place where all these antibiotics, because you know the chickens get sick or you know, well, we just put antibiotics in their feed, you know, they won't get yeah. sick and they won't die. Well, now you're eating antibiotics. Great, you know, that stuff in your body acts as estrogen. Yeah, definitely, and I, I remember I took It's a, terrible, it took a causes cancer, who would have thought? Yeah, no kidding. I, I, I took a food studies class in college and I remember talking about a lot of that kind of stuff like hormones and GMOs and- It's a thing and it's, it's something I have to think about every day because yeah. I'm forced to, because right. it's my life. It's just like, I have to think about that because if I don't, I will die. Yeah, well also because reading, <laughs> you know? reading a label is also a skill too, because you have to mm -hmm. like know exactly like what they you- They try to for. trick you too, for everyone. If you see something that says grass fed, it's a lie. That means that the cow is only grass-fed for the first month of its life, and then it was fed corn. Really? So it's a big scam in our country. If you see something that says grass-fed, it's not true. You need to buy the meat that says 100% grass-fed. That is the real meat. That's sure. what's up. And not that many places have that. Trader Joe's is one of the best places to buy your meat. Just saying. Aldi's owned by them. Also. Pretty good. Love Trader Joe's. Tra Great fan. Trader Joe's is amazing. Great fan, yeah. Gosh. Um, <laughs> that's, that's actually a good point, because also, uh, I, I look that way with juice. Um, I never buy juice unless it's 100% juice. Not even just, like, those labels will try to trick you and say 100% vitamin C. Right. Yeah, you gotta but watch out for you that. You gotta watch out. Yeah, yeah, yeah say 100% yeah. juice, yep. because that is the health. And then when you look at the ingredients, it should just say apples. Like, that's yeah, I like, know. Okay, cool. I like, concentrate type shit. You know what I hate? My biggest pet peeve is people make banana chips. Bananas are sweet and delicious yeah. and amazing, and then you go buy a certain banana chips and they put sugar on it. Yeah. It's like, it's already sweet. It's a banana. Like, what are you doing? Putting syrup on your banana for it. It's yeah. like, I get so annoyed by that kind of stuff. Like shopping, I'm like, I can't eat this. I could have been eating it, but you spent more money. It's like, you want to spend more money on this and put sugar on it. And yeah, it's like, why are, you could just spend less money and just 
They're banana chips. Oh, sugar is such a <laughs> dude. Sugar is such an enterprise. It's the worst thing because our bread is sugar. So literally, we're just living in this sugar land, and like that's why that band name is so great because yeah. that's literally the truth right there. Yeah, because it's, it's so profitable. It is because it's cheap, and for some reason, people think that fat is terrible for you, and it's all a lie. And I read an article actually saying that back in the '70s. The scientists discovered how sugar and bread is actually really terrible for you and that fat is awesome, but they got paid off to keep quiet and to push to push bread and push sugar and that's why grains are subsidized in our country and that's why we have a 60% obese rate, obesity rate and bread is literally everywhere you go. It's like mm. I can't buy something and there's not bread in it. It's yeah. just insane. Right. <laughs> and as someone that has an autoimmune disorder, I have to think about that all day. So it's like I'm very aware of it all the time. Oh. And I don't I don't know the source of the article. You have to do your own research, but it is what's happening regardless of whatever I just said. It is happening and you do need to look out for yourself and that's why people are getting diabetes at such a young yeah, age now totally. and I really do think that people are getting Crohn's disease at a higher rate in this country and it's systemic to the food we eat. You are what you eat and if you're putting garbage into your body, it's going to be bad. You you might have a, a predisposition to getting an illness right, and then if yeah. you shovel sugar in your face all day, well of course that's going to happen, right? If you have a predisposition already, yeah. like I'm not even a scientist and that just makes sense, you know what yeah. I mean? It's like, Read labels. We're the only country that has such a high epidemic with Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis. We're like the only ones that is a thing I know for sure. Like that, it's like really high numbers. Wow. So. Damn. So where do you find creativity or um, I guess I should say like just in general like uh, branding yourself, like where do you find similarities in like what you do with music and also with like, you know, what you want to do with this bread here and like... Uh, the similarity for me is just that everything is kind of everything, right? Like, as an artist and someone that makes things, I always just try to draw comparisons to how, you know, making art is similar to making music and similar to making bread. Or I was trying to be an actor at one point and I got cast into a movie and before I went into audition, I just thought about how acting and music are the same, right? It's about your pacing, your timing, your tonality, your inflection, your pacing, all these things that are important in music are also important in acting. So for me, where I get my inspiration is harder to say because for me, I just feel like a creative person. I love to improvise and that was just something I practiced. And I don't know like where it comes from other than just you know having a hard time at life sometimes with my body and, and my, my, my family life wasn't always like, I mean, it's good, but like I come from a family that was, you know, dysfunctional, like some families can be, you yeah. know. And I don't know, I grew up in a trailer park. I literally kind of came from like this very, you know, my, like, I don't know, like this, my background, like I, I didn't really even care about anything until I was like 10 years old. I was like, yeah. oh, I have to like go to school? And yeah. I was 10. And I was like, <laughs> I'm in school right now? Yeah. I thought this was just like fun. Like, I, like, so I don't know, for me, my inspiration, I think, is just systemic from my life and, you know, then when I do things, I just try to think about how they're similar and then how I can be creative and have fun with it. Like this bread started off as a recipe that I found online. I tried to find the most basic almond bread recipe just to get like 
the basic ingredients, like there was like four ingredients in it. And then I was like, okay, now let me make my own thing off of that. And that's kind of me with my, with my music when I, I take a lot of inspiration from hip hop in the sense that I use beats that are already made. Some of the time I write some of my own beats too. And then I hodgepodge them together to create a new beat. Right, so I have like four beats going on at one time in my songs, but they're coming from different drum machines. Some of them were things I reprogrammed, and I was like, oh, that doesn't work, but if I do this, it does. And then, you know, now I have this really sweet rhythm section. I've had people tell me, like, oh, well, you better be keep quiet about that or something. I'm like, no, that's like what hip hop is, yeah. right? So, like, I don't know, I just, I don't know, I don't like try to get too caught up in like things you can't do and like having boundaries, just yeah. do it and just own it, you know, just own it and just have fun. Yeah, people will feel that, people will like to have fun, so it's like, if you mess up, don't let anyone know, just, because no one's going to know anyway. Yeah. It's not like wanna, they know any better. You want to ruin the vibe. Right, yeah. Like, <laughs> maybe you can joke about it if it's yeah. really bad. <laughs> like, of course, yeah, man. <laughs> that's it. I don't know. Yeah, or in my case, just edit it out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Um, so, uh, so uh, tell me a little bit about uh, your ideas for this uh, album that's coming out. So, the album is kind of a conglomeration of, you know, the last eight or nine years, almost ten years I've been making music. I've never released an album, I've never released an EP. I've only released like a single and a demo and that's it. Cause like, I've always been one that's been very patient about doing what I do and I'd rather put my best foot forward when I feel like this is it, but at some point you seem to put the album out, right? But the album is, I don't know, it's just a conglomeration of all my favorite songs that I've done over the last five years probably. And I've weeded out a lot of them, and I don't know. I have enough material though for like four or five albums right now, so it's like mm. kind of interesting because I've backlogged like 60 songs right now. If I want to go like learn one of my songs, I can go on my SoundCloud and figure it out. But I don't know exactly the the whole message is kind of hodgepodge because it's all different parts right, of my yeah. life, and the songs are mostly just about uh, my experiences with women, my experiences with food and dealing with that. Like my newest song, which I actually might put on the album is, I posted the lyrics today on my Instagram. So if you go on my Instagram, you can see those words and it's about my battle with sugar and how I have a hard time eating sugar. And the lyrics are about how my Crohn's disease almost feels like it is me. And I like don't know how to not eat that sugar and until I can like figure out how to conquer that it's like it's running the show yeah wow. or something sure so it's like that's kind of how I don't know that's how it operates it's very much like therapy like yeah I don't know or experiences I had like one time I was having a bad day and I robbed uh, like something from a, a gas station it was just like you know like a malt beverage I was having a really bad day and I wrote a song about it called Psychic Pain because I brought it back because I was like, oh, I'm gonna get in trouble for this. This isn't a good idea. Mm -hmm. I brought it back. I already started drinking it a little bit while I was driving. It was a whole thing. Oh, wow. It was not a good day I was having. But then I wrote this song as a way to express it and to get it out there, you know? And and that's, that's what I try to do. I just try to take my experiences and channel them into songs and unknowingly most of the time. So that's cool. good. Cool. All right, bum alum. Hey. What's happening? 
Yo, um, how about that Admiral Nelson, though? Dude, I'm feeling very admirable. Good, yeah. <laughs> I'm feeling like I'm the captain of a ship yeah, right now. Right. So, good. so, uh, dude, uh, what keeps you up at night? Um, hopefully nothing keeps me up at night, but I guess just trying to figure out, uh, how to reach all of you and how we all can have a good time because I know we all like to dance and have a good time. So yeah, we do. That's that's it, really. I guess. What puts you to sleep? Uh, generally, I'm so tired these days that I can just kind of fall asleep instantly. But uh, <laughs> what puts me what puts me to sleep, I guess, is a uh, like a, a really good creative session. You know, making you something go. on my phone or writing a song or something. You know. There you go. I took a little power nap myself before this episode, so it's helpful. Yeah, I miss naps. I haven't been able to nap as much as I like to, you know, because I don't always, like, have a place to stay. So it's like, mm. I can't just sleep wherever, but sometimes, sometimes I can. Naps are great. Naps Everyone are should great. nap. Yeah. Thanks for being on the show, dude. Bum alum, All Things Said, is currently streaming everywhere. Keep an eye out for this dude's... Uh, album coming out soon. Also, just yeah. catch a bomb alum show. They're a ton of fun. Sniffle party, June 2nd. Chill the hill, June 4th. Coming up fast. All right. Thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. We'll see you next time.